0: To the extent that is the American Bar Association Business Law Section's podcast series. Our podcasts provide general information. They aren't a substitute for legal advice from a licensed professional. We offer both standalone and serial podcasts on a variety of topics and welcome your feedback and suggestions at ababusinesslaw at AmericanBar.org. We hope you enjoy your selection.
1: Welcome to the first episode of the Recent Developments in Business and Corporate Litigation podcast series. Um, my name is Ann Stedman, and I'm an associate at Ross Ehrenstam and Moritz in Wilmington, Delaware. My practice focuses on corporate and commercial litigation, mostly in the Delaware Court of Chancery. I am one of the two co editors of the ABA Recent Developments 2020 book. I'm here with my co editor, Jessica Mendelson and with Emily Stover, our vice chair of the BCLC Publications Subcommittee, who has also helped spearhead the book this year. As you may know, it's the BCLC Publications Committee that oversees the BCLC Recent Development's book and panel. Our podcast series is new this year, and our goal is to present some highlights from select practice areas in the book in bite-sized and accessible pieces it's also an opportunity for us to talk a little bit more informally with our practitioners in these areas about topics that have affected them and their overall thoughts about trends and um, the direction in which these practice areas are moving I'm going to turn it over to Jessica, who's going to say a few words about the format of these podcasts.
0: Thanks, Ann. Uh, my name is Jessica Mendelson, and I'm an associate at Paul Hastings in the Palo Alto office, where I practice employment law with a focus on employee mobility and trade secrets. I'm the other co-editor of the ABA's Recent Developments in Business and Corporate Litigation 2020 book, and the co-chair of publications for the Business and Corporate Litigation Section. As Anne said, each podcast will feature a chapter from the book. However, in terms of content, we'll be getting more big picture and a little more personal. We'll be talking to a great lineup of practitioners and judges and getting their take on current trends. Anne, Emily, and I will be moderating today and in subsequent podcasts, along with our other vice chair of the PLC Publications Subcommittee, Alex Maturi. For this this inaugural podcast, we wanted to do something a little different. Today we're speaking with two of our amazing former committee chairs who have a long history both with the BCLC and with the recent developments publication. So now I'm going to turn it over to Emily who is going to introduce our great speakers for today. Thanks,
2: Jessica. My name is Emily Stover and I'm also an associate at Paul Hastings in the Palo Alto office where I practice employment law. I'm also the vice chair of the publications for the BCLC section. Today, our fantastic speakers are both former chairs of the BCLC, Judge Elizabeth Stong of the Eastern District of New York Bankruptcy Court, and Heidi McNeil-Stottenmeyer, partner with Snell and Wilmer in Phoenix, Arizona. Both Judge Stong and Heidi have a long history of involvement with both the BCLC and the recent developments publication. Both also have great perspectives not only on legal practice and ABA involvement, but also on broader attorney wellness and work-life balance. So with that, we're going to turn to Judge Stong to start start us off. Judge Stong, thank you for being here today. How did you first get involved with the ABA and the BCLC?
3: Emily, thank you so much, and Anne and Jessica as well. It is really exciting for me as a uh, veteran of more years than I can probably Uh, remember with precision at this point of the Business and Corporate Litigation Committee to see that we are now bravely moving into the new world of podcasts. I think one of the best things about the committee and the section has always been that while we have wonderful traditions and we respect them enormously, we are also always, and you're the best evidence of this, um, looking to dive into new things and be useful and productive with and for our members. So so how did I get involved? I, I got involved maybe the same way that you did, both with the ABA and with the Business and Corporate Litigation Committee or BCLC. Somebody reached out. Somebody took the time to actually, I think, long ago when it was the section, make a phone call and say, you know, there's this group um, that you might want to be part of because I think you'd really enjoy it and the people are great and you'd have a great experience. Um, That was... uh, In connection with a deal litigation and a uh, hostile takeover case a long, long, long time ago, Erica Steinberger was that very gracious lawyer, and um, she was active in the section and uh, thought that I would enjoy it too. And so I took up that invitation and I went to my first meeting. And again, this is probably 25 years ago at this point. the committee meeting, Business Corporate Litigation committee meeting, and all the committee meetings and the section meeting, I think, was in Nashville. And Jim Holzman was chair. And there was this thing, the first-timers committee roundup, where this sounds like a long time ago, I'm sure, people stood behind tables and greeted people as they were coming to their first meeting and helped them understand where there might be a place for them to get involved. And another former committee chair, and actually section chair, Bill Johnston, um said to me about the committee so you're a litigator you should come to our dinner you should come to our business corporate litigation leadership dinner you know it's a leadership dinner but everybody's welcome and and see what you think it's a great group and you know it, it sounds like it might be a great fit for what you do and and I did that and it was he was right it was a great group and there were lots of interesting things to do and lots of great people to do them with and one thing led to another and I think and Less than 10 years from then, I actually found myself as uh, committee chair, and as I finished my three years of service as committee chair, um, was appointed actually to the, uh, to the bankruptcy bench. So it was, a, uh, it was, a, it was a, a great experience, but it all came down to somebody reaching out and saying, hey, you should be part of this great group.
2: And was Heidi one of those original members of that great group?
3: She, heidi was one of our very first business law section fellows i think um and she will you know she can tell her own story uh, even better but as i recall she was assigned to the committee in one of the first classes maybe the very first class of fellows when jim holzman was still committee chair and she just you know same thing just dove in it was great
2: And you started to touch on this a little bit already, but how did the Review of Development's publication really begin?
3: you know, this is such an interesting story. The committee has an interesting role in this section because we are kind of home base for litigators. And we have a lot of subcommittees, um, as people in the committee or people thinking about joining the committee know or will soon learn, um, addressing all kinds of different substantive areas. And for years and years and years, one afternoon of the section spring meeting, I think, uh, featured a great big program, and I mean great big program, 10 speakers, 12 speakers, maybe even more, where each um, each significant area, typically corresponding to a subcommittee in business litigation, uh, would, would uh, have a speaker and an update. And uh, as business litigation got more and more uh, diverse and complex, and we had more and more topics and more and more speakers, the panel became so big that it actually became a bit of a management challenge to find a way to put 10 or 15 people on the same rostrum and to run a program that, that was manageable. And one year after that program, uh, one of the great leaders of the committee for many, many years, Greg Varela, came up to me and said, you know, Elizabeth, there, we, we have a situation because it's too much. It's just too much. It's too many speakers and too many topics, but it's so terrific. So now that you're gonna be chair, you need to fix this. And I thought, good, something to work on. Um, And so uh, the solution we came up with uh, was to uh, take, take take our problem and look at it as an opportunity and take our problem with so many great topics and so many great materials in this fantastic telephone book sized if people even know what a telephone book is anymore, uh, program materials and make it a section publication, make it something that you could not only get in connection with the program, but also get as a book that the section would publish every single year as the review of developments in business and corporate litigation. And so that's what we did
2: were there any challenges or hurdles along the way cuz it sounds like you know no easy task taking that volume of material and making it digestible and easy to access
3: well we had it's um it's interesting because you know every opportunity when you when you flip that coin over also tends to come with a challenge it's about the same size and of course our subcommittee leaders and our experts in each of these topics were also some of the biggest, busiest lawyers in the United States of America. And it's, I have to say probably one thing, if you know that your panel is on the third Thursday in March or the second Tuesday in April, and probably more likely Thursday than Tuesday, and you're going to have your materials ready because you're going to be on that panel. The challenge I think that we faced, and this is the perfect segue to the rock star, Heidi, Um, the challenge that we faced was, frankly, getting everything in and done and together to meet a publication deadline, which is a different kind of a deadline than a program deadline. And so it took a lot of organization and it took a good deal of persistence and just a magnificent number of emails and follow-up emails and reminders and and the need for a template so that the materials would have, would, would, would look like and be a book that the section and the committee could be really proud of, as of course we, we were and are. Um, and so that was, you know, that was both the opportunity and the challenge to Get it all together to meet our deadlines. It's an annual publication. It's got to be current. It's got to be complete. It's got to be, you know, the best it can possibly be. And that 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 was a bit of an organizational um, opportunity, I'll say. And um, and that that that's the challenge that stands out in my mind. Well, thank you for that. As
2: someone who has also actively participated in creating these materials, I know uh, just the scheduling difficulties that come with it. But we're going to turn it over to Jessica and Heidi now.
0: Um, Yes, this is Jessica. Um, So turning to Heidi. Heidi, how did you first get involved with the ABA and the BCLC? Um, Well, I... um, I came about it a different
4: way than Elizabeth did. I actually came into the business law section through the ABA Young Lawyers Division. I had been um, an officer in my local bar as a young lawyer. And then I moved up and became president of our local bar and state bar. And as a result of that, um, I had to go to all these ABA Young Lawyer events and meetings. And so ultimately, I got involved at the national level as an ABA Young Lawyer Division National Officer. And the quirky thing about young lawyers is that you can only be a young lawyer so long, and then they kick you out because you age out. And technically, you age out at age 36. But because I had been elected to the House of Delegates, I was able to stay a young lawyer until I was 40 um, because you could get elected your last year and then you'd have a three year term. A um, little bit too complicated details for this, but anyway, um, when I was getting done with my term in the ABA House of Delegates, I was trying to figure out what my next home would be in what we call the big ABA. Um, and I was a business litigator, and I had a number of partners who were very involved in the litigation section, so they're really pushing me to get involved in the litigation section. And then I was contacted by a couple of my, um, one of my friends who had been in the Young Lawyers Division, Jill all. She and Corinne Cooper had created this Business Law Section Fellows Program. It was the very first fellows program in the entire ABA, and um, they said, you know, this is going to be a great program. We think the business law section um, is a great opportunity, and you should look at it and consider it. So I applied to the fellows program, which was the very first year they had it. I think it was 19... it it would have been around 1996 or 1997. But anyway, I was in the very first fellows class uh, that got appointed that year. And they um, had me appointed to the Business and Corporate Litigation Committee. Um, And Jim Holtzman, who Elizabeth just talked about, was the wonderful chair. And Jim just took me under his wing and did the most amazing job of mentoring me, of, you know, showing me everything the section had to offer, everything the committee had to offer, and immediately started throwing me in in terms of, well, if you put together CLE programs, you know, you can moderate the program, you can speak on it. And um, and that's exactly what happened, is that I got very involved, and the next thing I know, um, I'm chairing the publication subcommittee, which Elizabeth, you know, talked about, um, this big phone book that we had for the annual review. And Elizabeth, I, I think that what happened was you and I were co-chairing the annual review program one year. And, you know, the idea came up about this phone book really needs to be, you know, spread around so that our, you know, everybody has spends so much time on the phone book, can get some um, exposure from it beyond just being part of the annual review program at a meeting. And um, so Elizabeth came to me as a publications subcommittee chair, and she said, you know, I think this would be a great opportunity for our committee, and so can you put together a proposal about making this a publication that I can then take to the Publications Board? So, you know, I said, sure. So I put together a proposal, Elizabeth very eloquently presented it to the Publications Board, and the next thing you know, we were approved, and they said, okay, you guys uh, have this publication, and here's what you need to do in terms of timing. And back in those days, this would have been, um, this was sometime, I think, in the late night or well I know I know the book has been around for at least 20 years I think so anyway um there was no we didn't have any publication staff support like they do now which is just wonderful it was basically my secretary and me <laughs> trying to put <laughs> trying to put this thing together and you know so I just took the subcommittee chair list and work my way through that in terms of contacting all of our great subcommittee chairs saying, hey, would you like to write a chapter? And I tried to put together a general template saying, you know, this is an annual review, so we want it to be timely. We don't want it to be some big thesis. It's got to be something that practitioners can use um, on their desk, something they can grab, and it's going to tell them, here is the up-to-date what's happened in, um, you know, director and officer liability. And uh, our subcommittee chairs just wonderfully stepped up and started churning out these chapters. You know, we had this template that we put together, and then my secretary and I had to nag people about getting their chapters in. We had to edit it all, and then we tried to put it together, and then we sent it to the publication board and let them do their magic. But that's, kind of how it started out. It was um, not a very, um, uh, it was not easy I will say at, at all because there were a lot of subjects that we would have liked to have covered, but trying to find authors for all of them and uh, you know, trying to find people who are very busy practitioners like Elizabeth said to commit time to put together these chapters um, it was challenging, but uh, people really stepped up, and so our first edition that we came up with, uh, I, I was very proud of. It, it turned out great,
0: so that's kind of the, the beginnings of what I did. That's great to hear, and it's it's nice to hear that you're, you still experience some of the same challenges that we, we face today. I can definitely relate to that. Um, oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Ann, who's going to talk to you some about your current involvement in the committee.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jessica. Uh, This is Ann. And, you know, to bring us up to the current moment, I know that both of you are still really active in the committee, which is is fantastic. Um, So... You know, what are you up to now? What's new and where have you turned your focus now that you've, you've done such a great job with your involvement with the annual review, but what projects are keeping you busy these days? Well, Is I'll,
3: I'll let Elizabeth go first. I'll, um, I'll, I'll kick this one off because it, it's actually a story that, um, that we have uh, very much in common I, with one asterisk because I would be remiss if I did not say that it has been my great joy since I finished my service as committee chair. I, I think every year since there then to be one of the co-chairs of the committee's membership committee because we won't have a committee if we don't have members so it's a uh, that's been a real labor of love. And um, it comes back to the idea that you get involved because somebody reached out and made a difference. I actually recall, Heidi, this will make you laugh. I don't know that I've ever told you this story. I think at one point, Jim Holzman took me aside and said, look, I've got this fantastic fellow and I want her to talk to you. Don't mess it up because she's really, really <laughs> good. And I did my best not to mess it up. But you can probably hear Jim's voice saying something like that. Um, But in addition to membership, which is is very close to my heart, the the most recent thing that uh, I've been thinking about uh, was really uh, something that came from a conversation that Heidi and I had early one morning, last uh, fall, I guess, when the section had its last in-person meeting, the section annual meeting in Washington, D.C. Heidi and I, for a lot of years, have been part of the Business Law Section Health Club. And uh, we meet and go for a run uh, each day of the meeting. We meet early because we have to be able to go for our run, come back, clean up, and get to our 7.30 meetings on time. And, and we do. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're trotting around Washington. We have a wonderful guide and a great group. And there's walkers and runners. Um, and talking about wellness, which is something I've been thinking a lot in connection. Thinking a lot about in connection with a class that I teach at Brooklyn Law School for the federal judicial externs. Um, I I uh, was originally uh, probably one of the people who would have said, "Oh my goodness, wellness um, seriously for lawyers? I mean, I don't know. We can take care of ourselves." And over the years and years, and now working regularly with law students who I teach and who I have as interns and young lawyers and Sometimes not so young lawyers who are my who are my law clerks and uh, mid level to senior lawyers who appear before me on a regular basis and who are my colleagues in the New York Bar and my judicial colleagues. I actually have come full circle, and I think it is everybody's job at every stage in their career to be thinking about wellness, their own, their colleagues, um, their. Uh, supervisors their subordinates in every direction I, I think of it as a 360 thing um, it's it's not only okay it's really smart to be thinking about wellness and how that's something that you should be holding yourself accountable for your own and if you're in a supervisory role others, pretty much at every stage of your career um, you don't have to be sick or facing a crisis to need to think about this there are critically important programs for lawyers who who need help lawyers assistance programs to help with alcohol and substance uh, use issues but 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 separate from all of that and at any stage and for any reason, or no reason i just i think it's something we got to put on the list and so i've I've started saying that out loud um and in a way that led to suggesting it to our current fearless leader Stuart ryback um that this should be a subcommittee topic for the uh, business and corporate litigation committee and good sport that he is um and also wise and insightful he agreed and so we have launched a brand new um Uh, wellness subcommittee of the uh, Business and Corporate Litigation Committee, and I think I am vice chair of that uh, subcommittee, and we have two terrific co-chairs, one of whom is yet another former chair of the uh, Business and Corporate Litigation Committee, and the section, uh, Bill Johnston, the same guy who uh, talked to me about coming to the committee dinner, you know, in 1995 or 96 when the committee met in Nashville. So it's, so that's a, a a very long answer to a very short question, but that's something I've been thinking a lot about recently and very excited about as well.
1: That's great. Judge Stong. Um, you mentioned the Business Law Health Club, club the runs and walks that people have during the meetings. Are there other, you know, what other projects are in the works or have been explored by the wellness subcommittee? I know we also have some community service projects, so maybe that also is, is a tie-in with wellness, but what are some of the things either that are in progress or that people have been thinking about as, as other ways to promote
3: wellness for the members? It's a, it's a great question. And I think the roots of some of the things we're going to be doing are things the section has done and the, uh, and the committee has done for years, including focusing on mentorship, uh, outreach, diversity, things like that, ways of giving back. through our our public service initiatives, the the two subcommittees that I started as the chair of the committee now, something like 20 years ago, were actually a pro bono subcommittee and an ADR subcommittee. And so those those issues were then and are still important to me. Um, A very uh, apropos of our current conversation initiative of the wellness subcommittee is that we've been approved to present uh, podcasts and we will be coming out uh, soon with a series of podcasts with uh, Professor Heidi Brown at Brooklyn Law School as one of the speakers talking about wellness, you know, really, really wellness, question mark? Yes, exclamation points. Um, and also fear and how is how fear is a factor for so many lawyers and, you know, how to make it a constructive thing in your career as opposed to a destructive thing. So um, podcasts, you know, coming to a coming to a station, I guess, coming to an iPhone or other phone, coming to a smartphone near you uh, soon is one of our uh, upcoming initiatives. We hope to make some progress on this summer.
1: That's great. And that seems like a great way to start and definitely tying in with, with our current, our current theme of podcasts here today. Um, One other question I had for you. I, I mean, we know that you're an avid runner and, you know, into wellness personally, So how has that impacted your career? How has your personal um, journey with exercise and physical activity and other forms of wellness, how
3: how has that impacted your career as an attorney and as a judge? You know, six six months ago, I would have said that one of the most important things I do every day is I go out. Sometimes it's longer. Sometimes it's shorter. I I go for a daily run. And it just keeps me centered. It gets me, it gets my energy in a good place for the day. You can tell I'm from Northern California that I'm describing it that way. Uh, but it's it's just been a very regular part of my routine. I, I mean, I live in in Brooklyn. I, I have New York City is my is my running course. Um, New York City was my marathon course. I uh, uh, to my surprise, I ran the New York City marathon last year. Heidi was a, quite a bit of inspiration. Uh, in that way for me, because she's, uh, she's run marathons going back a long time. Um, and so it's been, it, it's, it's been a, just a very reliable part of my routine. And, and now I'll say now that things are even harder, now that we're dealing with COVID-19, now that we're dealing with, um, quarantine and work from home and, you know, much smaller physical boundaries to our daily space, um, I have to say that, of course, with a mask, it's even more important to me than it's ever been before. Um, I got some very interesting advice from a former intern who's from China, whose parents lived through a very long quarantine in in Shenzhen, a city of something like 25 million people that was quite early and dramatically affected by COVID-19. And out of the blue, I hadn't heard from him for a while, he sent me an email with two very thoughtful pieces of advice from his parents. And the first was to be thoughtful about your exposure to the news and and try to manage it because it probably doesn't help to have too much and the other was to get some physical activity every day even if you're getting it indoors and um, those two those two pieces of advice I've shared a lot I think they're really wise and um, and I'll I'll say they have uh, redoubled my commitment to getting at least some exercise every day as we as we work through these very challenging times
1: that's Definitely a great point. I know just personally, I am not a runner, but I am making an effort to walk. So I think, you know, every little bit helps. And, you know, if you can just do a little bit, it's definitely, you know, don't make the enemy of
3: the good, you know, get out there and do something. It's absolutely terrific. And you are so wise to do so. I think it's even actually a bit more challenging if it's not your habit coming into this. It's all the more important and all the more to your credit that you're doing that.
1: So I want to just turn to Heidi. Uh, so Heidi, what are your current projects? What what is new on your end? I know um, Judge Stong touched a little bit on some of the things that you may also have some involvement in, but I, I want to hear it from you. What what's going on in your world?
4: Well, uh, after ending my term as chair of the business and corporate litigation committee, I was very fortunate to be appointed to the section's executive committee. Um, which includes me being on the council committee, on committees. Um, So I'm continuing to be involved with all of the section committees through that role. And I think having served as the leader of the Business and Corporate Litigation Committee, um, it's really given me great experience for seeing all the diversity we have with all the multiple committees throughout the section. But I will say that I'm very biased and I continue to believe that our committee is one of the most active committees um, and one of the best committees in terms of just really doing a lot of creative things outside the box, not just doing programs, but doing things like this, uh, you know, podcasts and, you know, the wellness committee that Elizabeth is pushing You know, that is not just for business and corporate litigation committee, but I think it's obviously a section wide push and it should be a, you know, lawyer wide across the country push in terms of wellness, particularly in light of COVID-19. Like Elizabeth, um, I've always been um, very active um, with running and hiking and I was very, very Thrilled when when our governor announced his shutdown order back in March, his shutdown order made it very clear that he wanted people to stay connected and to stay healthy. And so he did not shut down our hiking trails. He did not um, shut down, you know, that people couldn't go out running, couldn't go out biking. And fortunately for us, in March and April and May is some of our best time of the year here in Arizona. So everybody was out every day walking, running, biking, hiking, and um, my personal goal i mean this is a little weird, but i 'm a big fitbit addict, and um, you know the the Fitbit thing is they want you to get ten thousand steps every day, so my goal was I was going to get twenty thousand steps every day um, because I figured okay i 'm not commuting downtown anymore i 'm working from home. I'm not having to spend a lot of time getting dressed up and all that sort of thing. So I figured all the time that I was saving each day from not commuting and and having to formally be dressed up, I could do more exercise. And so that's exactly what I've been doing. um, I can proudly say I have hit 20,000 steps plus every day since the middle of March, and I'm continuing to do that, either hiking or running. Walking the dog, our poor dog gets walked multiple times a day. So um, anyway, uh, I fully echo everything that Judge Stong said about it's so important, particularly now, to try to stay healthy, not just in your body, but in your mind as well, because this really has been a very challenging time. And I feel that the, the one thing that's kept me sane is my exercise routine, is that I get up really early. And I do my hiking or running or whatever. And I just feel like it sets the tone for the whole day.
1: Well, that is, that is great to hear. The one other question I had for you before we wrap up is I know that Heidi, you've also been involved in community service projects with the BCLC as well. And, um, you know, I think, I think, We've touched on this a little bit before, but, um, you know, do you see community service as a part of wellness, kind of the connection between both, you know, something that benefits the person doing the service, but also helps others and, and, and globally furthers the the goal of wellness? Oh, I, d- absolutely. I think,
4: and, and particularly during these times, there is so much um, public service that, um, that, that, you know, as new, new, um, challenges for us. I mean, as an example, um, my law firm has started a free coronavirus um, legal clinic. It's all done online. People call in, we have it limited to just three issues, unemployment insurance, um, rent evictions and, um, uh, stimulus checks. And, uh, it was amazing. One of our associates came up with the idea, put it together, and she asked for volunteers from attorneys in our Phoenix and Tucson office, and I was just pleasantly surprised to see how many attorneys of all ages, you know, of, you know, my vintage, I've been practicing 35 years, down to brand new associates, all were very eager to jump in and do community service of that nature that we felt like you know, we are actually helping people in need right during these challenging times. So, you know, I feel, and when I do calls like that, when I've done um, calls with the individuals, and I feel like I've given them some beneficial assistance. I mean, it really, it really makes you feel just you just have this great feeling that you have done good. And you know, as a lawyer, um, you, you you know, you've used your law degree not just to help um, you know, your usual clients, but you've also helping folks who normally couldn't afford your, your rates. Um, so I absolutely agree that public service is definitely part of wellness and um, you know, trying to just do good for your community.
1: Well, I think that is great, and I think we've got some good tips and, um, you know, great stories about how, you know, how you guys became involved and how your involvement with the committee developed and matured and what you're doing today. So, um, you know, thank you both.
3: Well, thank you for organizing this. This has been, it's been fun to be part of it, and it's a wonderful next new thing for the committee. It's uh, Bravo. And, and, and thank you for your hard work.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope everyone will join us on our next podcast episode as well uh, as we're going to be delving into some of the chapters from the book uh, beyond this introduction. And you'll also hear from some other great business law practitioners on their perspectives on recent trends in their areas and how they're adapting to the changing times. Uh, Thank you all again for listening.